Welcome to the first episode of The Broncast, a podcast all about the Ford Bronco. I'm your host, John Melton. I'm Donnie Whiteman. We are two Bronco enthusiasts who love talking about the Ford Bronco. We own Broncos. We work on Broncos from generation one through generation six. Our sponsor for this episode is Tom's Off-Road and ARP Fasteners, automotive racing products. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how to check for leaks on your early Bronco. We're going to be talking parts that you want to be getting your hands on. Uh, Even we'll talk about some Gen 6 parts in later episodes, but today it's all about the Generation 1. And we're going to be talking about some Bronco history. I'm excited to get into this podcast. Well, here we go. Uh, starting off the broadcast episode one. Um, so I've, you know, knowing that we were doing this, we kind of thought, hey, let's start this off and just kind of talk about who we are, talk about kind of, you know, who Donnie is, who John is, so that people who may not know us can kind of know a little bit more about us. So, uh, so okay. Donnie, let's start with you. Um, we're here in your shop. This is your um, your shop here. Beautiful, beautiful place where you got a beautiful Bronco tub behind us. What do you do here? Yeah, well, um, we uh, focused on Gen 1 and Gen 6 Broncos. Behind you is a, a Gen 1 Bronco steel body, a reproduction body, so you can replace your rusted body with it. But uh, uh, Yeah, so I started out uh, working in automotive television and... Um, we were, one of the things we were doing on the truck show was building uh, Bronco for Seafoam. And uh, my job was uh, to bring in all of the parts, everything we needed to assemble the truck, you know, research the chassis, the engines, axles. And, you know, the body was the thing that was most involved because we actually assembled the whole thing on the show with uh, a compression-type spot welder from um, Caroliner. Okay. So they're yeah. called CTR spot welders. And um, so it's kind of fun. I got involved in all of that. And when we were done, you know, it's like it's like a two, two month process. Um, I said, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to build one myself instead of the host getting to build it. And uh, it was kind of torture. Um, I decided, you know, I want to build one. And then it's like I want to build a bunch of them. There's a hundred different ways you can build these. You know, make them super cool. Um, so yeah, so uh, I left the studios and started building Broncos. And then I got a Gen Six Bronco recently. And, uh, yeah, I can't leave that stock. (laughs) So, you know, lift kits, everything else you can do to it. And, um, I'm really excited about that too. So we're going to offer, you know, everything you can do to upgrade your gen one Bronco or your gen six Bronco. If you can't afford a brand new steel body replacement. But, uh, while I was doing all of this, I was on the internet. One of the first things I found (laughs) were your YouTube videos and uh, that's how I met you. I'm looking uh, at, your Bronco that you had, your green one that you still yep. have. Yep. And yep. Uh, so how did you get involved in all that? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was I was working at a job. I do video production full time, so I film and edit. Um, and uh, at the time, I was working for a company that had, you know, a couple thousand employees. I had a team of about 30, 20, 30 people, um, 
on the video team. And I just got to a point where I was um, in meetings all day, every day, marketing meetings, talking about videos, but not doing any videos. Um, the cool thing about the job was I had saved enough money. I bought a Bronco and, uh, but I was like, man, there aren't any YouTube videos on Broncos, uh, at the time this was like 2015. And so I was like, I will start making YouTube videos about Broncos just to help other people. Like, even if I'm wrong, like, you know, it'll help someone know what not to do. (laughs) It was kind of my motto. And, um, and so I started, you know, just making these videos and it was this outlet for me at my job where I would come home after sitting in meetings all day and actually get to pick up a camera and get to edit videos again. And so it was like, I got to work in my, with my hands on the garage, but then I also got to get, you know, my video scratch, you know, itch scratched and, uh, so it was really cool um, thing. So yeah, in 2015, started the YouTube channel um, on my 1975 Ford Bronco and uh, started um, just making videos. And it's just been this labor of love that it's like, I don't, you know, I don't make a lot of money off YouTube from it, but it's like the people I've met and the events that I've gone to, I wouldn't trade any of that for the world. And I just love talking about Broncos, which is super fitting for, you know, having a podcast. I've always thought about having a podcast about Broncos, but like always wanted someone to have it with. And so this, this is, is a great, you know, little duo. Um, We both live in the same town. We're, you know, close to each other and um, we've just gotten to know each other. Now with you, um, you're, you're gen six and first generation. Um, I also do gen six stuff with Bronco nation. Another place where people have seen me on YouTube is, is Bronco nation where, um, I've done some how to videos on the gen six. I've taken one of their gen sixes up, uh, what it was top of the world trail and hell's revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those were super fun. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's 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 been pretty cool. But speaking of internet, where can people find you? Uh, okay, so the the shop is Nashville Early Broncos. And no, that's mine. That's my <laughs> shop. That's my YouTube channel. It is. How do we start that? Over? <laughs> so speaking of um, uh, internet, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, Nashville Bronco Builders, uh, and also Dreamweaver Fabrication. Yeah. And, uh, um, I think your website's Dreamweaver Fabrication, right? Yeah. Or Dreamweaver that's Fab. the main site. Yeah. 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 For me, it's uh, NashvilleEarlyBronco.com. YouTube channel, Nashville Early Bronco. Instagram, Nashville Early Bronco, which is a mouthful to say. Uh, shirts, Nashville Bronco, Nashville Bronco. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're owning the Nashville Bronco space. So, if you're <laughs> in Nashville and you want to come hang, you just give Donnie and I a little little email, little call. Go on a club ride. You'll find one of That's us. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, uh, so moving on, a part of this uh, podcast, a big thing that we're going to be talking about is this concept uh, of DIY or PAY. Um, and kind of, you know, the thought behind it being 
Are you going to do it yourself or are you going to pay someone to do it? And I love, uh, I love our relationship because it's like, (laughs) I'm like, oh yeah, like come watch my YouTube video about, you know, whatever it is we're talking about. So I'm going to be more on the DIY side, but you like being a shop owner, like, oh man, that's tough. You need this tool and you need this tool. Like I would pay someone to do it. So yeah, we, we talked about coming up with like a a system to measure these jobs, like five (laughs) wrenches, like, you know, one wrench being super easy you probably have the tools at home yep you know two wrenches three wrenches it gets the difficulty goes up and five being the most difficult most so. difficult yeah that i shouldn't do but i probably have a video about it on, <laughs> on youtube <laughs> yeah so um we're thinking you know kind of kind of that diy pay but we also knowing that a lot of guys are are going to be gen one owners or gen six owners uh going through this um kind of the what to look for and inspect and, and uh, you know, you got a new Bronco, uh, a, a Gen 1 Bronco. What are the things that you should be looking for? What do you think, you know, what are the things that you're looking at uh, with your new Bronco? And so today what we're going to be talking about are those first first day inspections, right? Yeah. I mean, unless you're buying a, a, a brand new Bronco or a Gen 1 that's basically brand new, yeah, you know, it's over $200,000. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not going to have any leaks. But if it's 50 years old, yeah. we're really looking for what's not leaking. Also, yeah. the expectation should be um, how bad are things leaking? Or Well, and even, gosh, we've noticed that even a $20,000 Bronco could be <laughs> having all these leaks. You know, it's like, the you know, there's kind of like this cutoff right now. It's either spend more than 45,000 for mm-hmm. a good one or less than 45,000 and you don't really know what you're getting yourself into. So, yeah. Yeah, but unless the engine's rebuilt and right. the transmission's rebuilt and the axles, you know, <laughs> it's it's in the brakes, it's probably yeah. going to be leaking somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Gas tanks, whatever. Yep. All right, so uh talking about first day, you got your your new Bronco. Let's take let's go from the back to the front. Uh, so what are we looking at in the back? What are, what are some of the leaks that we should be looking for and, and fluid that we're looking at in the back? You know, probably the most important one to start with is the fuel tank. And, you know, if you keep, if you, you buy this new Bronco, it's sitting in your garage, you probably smell it if it's leaking <laughs> gas, you know, you smell it in the kitchen and then just permeates yep. the house. So, um, yeah, starting at the very back, you've got the gas tank, which is right in front of the rear bumper and, uh, the pump is mounted on top. So, um, you know, you can you can't really inspect that pump without dropping the tank, but you can follow the lines and check the electrical connection. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, starting there, you can follow the fuel lines forward um, all the way up to the engine and um, pretty easily find out whether it's leaking or not. Yeah, and you're obviously a shop guy because you just said the pump is mounted in the tank, which would be a new tank, but on the stock 13 gallon tank, the the pump would still if you had a carburetor the pump would still be on the engine, um, mm-hmm. so but yeah that, I think that's a great point like on a twenty three gallon bigger tank the pump is on top and that's really hard to get to hard to see, um, but on that uh, on the stock tank you've got your your pump that's mechanical pump on the engine, um, but you mentioned something that I think is so important and that's the fuel line so really what you want to do you want to look for anything that's wet on that mm-hmm. fuel tank. Uh, if you have a stock one, um, you know, looking around the the seal on the, the back side of it, which actually is facing the engine, but, um, 
and then going down your frame rail and looking for anything wet um, that's right along your frame rail, which is on your fuel lines and your brake lines are there too. Yep. Um, speaking of brakes, yeah, that would be so the next thing. Probably the rear axle and the brakes. And yep. uh, we've got one in right now that's it's leaking everywhere. You know, the axle seals are leaking. The uh, brakes are leaking back there. And it's <laughs> just like you have to kind of discern what that is. But, um, you know, brakes being the second most important thing, you know, first yeah. you want a fuel leak. The <laughs> second thing would be the brakes. You know, you want to make sure it stops. So, yep. and in a braking system, if, if, if you were to have a failure on one line, you lose the entire braking system. Yeah. So, um, didn't you have that happen to you while you were towing? Yeah, I was actually done towing. I was at a gas station, <laughs> and I was a 20-year-old dually. And, uh, yeah, that's how you find out. Yeah, uh, luckily, yeah. I had a pair of vice grips, <laughs> so yeah. I was able to stop it from leaking and, and limp it home. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but so brakes would be the, the second thing to look, yeah. look at. And, again, you got brake lines. You follow the brake lines. Um yeah, and anything the- wet around the tire, um, that's usually brakes. Sometimes it can be axle leaking as well, but, yeah, that's usually your your brakes. If you see, like, kind of a star pattern on your wheel, that means while you're pushing on your brakes, fluid is leaking out of probably the master cylinder, and it's running off of your tire, so it looks like a star pattern uh, yep. around your wheel. So, yeah. Brakes are brakes are important. We'll talk about brakes more next week because that's our next inspection uh, point is the brakes. So moving up, um, coming into the front of the engine, transfer case, uh, transmission, mm-hmm. we're kind of hitting next. Now that's that those are big big deal things. Like you know if if you're if you have leaks there, we're getting into four or five wrench uh, pay type stuff, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the, the automatics didn't come out until later, you know. Um, so, point. but if you get a Bronco that's had the transmission switched out, you know, you're probably going to have it leaking around the bottom of the transmission. So, um, you know, and that fl- fluid's usually red. It's pretty obvious, but you can just follow the leak straight down, look yeah. up, and you'll see probably which part it was. So, um, yeah. yeah. And then uh, so many of them were manual transmissions, you know, three on the tree. So, the manuals uh, didn't leak as much as autos. Really? So, yeah, they just don't seem to. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so transmission, you know, look for that, but there's a good chance that it's leaking if if you have an automatic. I have an automatic, and it leaks all over the all over the place, always yeah. leaking. And I've had it rebuilt, and it still leaks. So. Yeah, and you can get them rebuilt from you know today. Depends on where you go, but anywhere from you know, get your leak stopped at maybe eight hundred dollars all the way up to a rebuild it. Three, four thousand dollars, and even replacements, and uh, you know a lot of people at, at that point price point will give you some sort of warranty on it. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Definitely a good thing to do. Good thing to look into if you don't want to ruin your driveway, <laughs> 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 which I am currently doing because <laughs> I moved my my Bronco out. But all right, so move. Keep keep on moving up. Um, brakes up front as well. Brakes and axle up front. Mm-hmm. You definitely want to be checking that. Uh, Dana 44, Dana 30, um, uh, you've got those those axles. And so you're looking for leaks on the axle, anything wet um, that looks wet. Uh, you're looking at that on the axle, on the tire, on the on the brakes, and then moving up to the engine. What do you, when you pop that hood, what are you looking for? Yeah, usually on like the old 302s, you know, 
they're leaking all over the front of the engine. I mean, you have everything up there. You know, you have uh, the manifold could be, you know, uh, leaking out the front or over the uh, over the sides, and uh, the heads could be leaking, which goes down the sides around the headers or exhaust. And but on the front, usually you have just about everything leaking. So, you know, if if you're gonna clean up the leaks on the engine, usually you start at the front, clean it up real good. When you replace the parts, you know, gaskets are really inexpensive you know some yeah. of them are as cheap as six dollars and yeah. uh but yeah you want to keep the engine sealed up so there's no reason why you, you can't have a bronco that doesn't have leaks but then you'll know uh when it does leak that you're having an issue yeah and i i, I love what you're saying about gaskets like if if you have a bronco you need to be replacing your gaskets like you should learn you know valve cover gaskets like i would say that's probably one wrench like that's a pretty easy thing to oh, do oh yeah absolutely and but i would say probably not a lot of people have done that to their bronco cuz you're so afraid of like oh but if i remove this thing like something else is going to break or what's going to happen you know and and so yeah i think you should do your valve cover gaskets if uh if you um, if you haven't yet, that's one wrench. The other thing you mentioned, coolant, um, you know, you got your radiator up there. You want to check your radiator hoses, your, mm. um, your, uh, uh, all the <laughs> belts and all that. I'm like, what is it? What is it called? <laughs> yeah. All the belts check for cracks and just old and worn out parts. And something that a lot of people don't know is, because your Bronco doesn't have, a lot of them don't have an overflow tank, you actually need to burp your radiator. Um, and I did a video about that on on my YouTube channel. But, you know, it's that's an important thing, making sure that you get all the air bubbles out of your system so that you're not introducing any, uh, what do you call it? Well, typically, you know, with brakes, people have always heard of bleeding your brakes. Yeah. But, you know, when you let the air out of the, uh, when you fill up your cooling system, replace a radiator, replace a hose, anything like that, a thermostat, um, you know, you're going to have a capitation in a certain spot, which yeah. could be around the thermostat, which will keep it from opening and closing. And, um, you know, you really want that thing to open and close when yep. it reaches certain temperatures. So, um, yeah, you, you want to burp the coolant system and make sure you get all the air out. But a lot of times you won't know that your cooling system's leaking because until it pressurizes, your engine gets up to operating temperature. Yeah. You know, until you're driving down the road, it won't start dripping. And, of course, you won't see it in your driveway when you get home unless the uh, water pump completely goes good out. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. You mentioned thermostat. Do you know what what uh, what thermostat is goes on a 302? I was trying to think. Well, there's the, there's – yeah, I don't know which one goes on the inline six either. You know, you can run them – cooler or hotter yeah typically the manufacturer has already figured out what temperature True. range they run best at so i think i had a 195 195 temperature or degree uh thermostat but i was having cooling issues on my engine and so i think i went down to a 180 but that was before i really knew about burping your radiator that was before i knew um you know, how the coolant flowed through the engine and stuff like that. And I've done a lot, like my, um, part of my, the coolant bypassed uh, a section, like it was a weird, whoever had messed with my engine previous had like done some tomfoolery to it. And so it, it didn't, you know, the coolant didn't flow right. 
I think they actually had it routed backwards from the water pump or something like that, something crazy. Um, and uh, so I just replaced the thermostat, but I think that 180 is still in there. But I don't have cooling problems anymore, but um, yeah. Yeah, the heat lever has a cable that runs yeah. to a little, essentially a valve <laughs> on top of the engine. And uh, most people don't realize that the, the reason you're, you don't get heat immediately in an older car, well, pretty much any car, is um, because the engine has to heat up all that coolant first, and then it gets sent into the firewall and into this heater box under your dash, and you're getting hot air blown off of that hot water yeah. and hot coolant. And uh, but the Ford on, on the old Broncos, the valves right on top. You can yep. see it with a cable, which is another good spot to check for leaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen you know people are like, hey, why am why am I getting drips coming down my firewall? Well, that's your heater. So your heater hose there, you know, yeah. at the connection um, is dripping, and and yeah, you're getting drips on the firewall. They have new electric heaters now where you can just bypass. Mm, yeah. So not have the coolant come into the cab. That is nice. I need to. Well, I need to do that. I need to look at that. Well, good. So uh, our our uh, DIY or PAY, honestly, just about everything we talked about today. I think you should DIY uh, other than transmission and transfer case issues leaks, um, but everything else. I mean, you should you should look for your leaks, try to figure out what it is, and uh, and try to fix it if you can. What would you say? Yeah, absolutely. And and like we talked earlier, a lot of the leaks on these vehicles, you know, they're one, two, three wrench jobs. They're not like require a master mechanic to do. You know, you wouldn't fix a leak on a transmission, but that's why there are transmission shops. So, exactly. and a lot of the leaks on the engine, you can actually do. Yep. Yep. Well, there you go. John and Donnie's DIY, PAY. This is a DIY kind of day, my kind of day here on the broadcast. Uh, but yes, thank you. Thank you for your wisdom, Donnie. Um, so, moving on in our episode today, we've got uh, a little, little thing that we, you know, just wanted to do for for the listener um, and just kind of open up our podcast to some questions from the audience, a little Q&A time. Uh, so if, you, uh, if you're thinking while you're watching this, like, hey, I got a question. What, what, I want to I wanna ask these guys a question. What do they think about this? Shoot us an email, questions at thebroncast.com. That is questions at T-H-E- B-R-O-N-C-A-S-T dot com. And uh, we'll get those. We might read it, read it on air and uh, answer it on air. But since this is the first episode, we didn't actually get this question, yeah. you know, coming into our email. This is one of the questions I've gotten. Um, and it was uh, from someone who said, Hey, John, stupid question, but I figure you'd have a simple answer. I'm looking to buy a classic Bronco, and I'm finding some half cabs that are affordable and pretty cool. How hard is it to turn that into a full cab slash wagon slash whatever you call it? What yeah, do you think, so well, it was kind of funny because we were just out in the lot outside the <laughs> building looking at a half cab to confirm what we were talking about. Yeah, and that yeah. is, you know, th- that partition wall, um, also called a bulkhead, that's right behind the back seat, can be removed. You know, it has eight to ten bolts across the bottom, maybe four going up each side. You have to take the roof off, of course, the half cab off to get to that. Um, 
I remember Ford, when they first came out with those, one of their first recalls was they had to put more sealant in there to keep it from leaking, but it's, oh, wow. it's not spot welded in. So it, it can be removed and you can put a wagon roof on that. Uh, ironically, that's one of the places on a half cab that they rust the most yeah. because water, if it's parked downhill, all that water is going to sit right behind that bulkhead wall and almost rust it right in half. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard people talk about that, that they, they removed that bulkhead and it was just like their, <laughs> their truck was cut in half. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. What, uh, we're going to get to this in a little bit, but you mentioned something. What did Ford originally call the half cab? Oh, yeah, bobtail. Bobtail. Yeah, before they came up so with a half cab, they, they, they called it the, the bobtail. <laughs> and it does look like it because the bed's actually shorter than yeah. the hood by like yeah. 10 or 12 inches. <laughs> it does. It looks kind of awkward. Um, there's one, uh, the guys at Skyjacker have that half cab that they stretched 14 inches, and it looks great. Yeah. Yeah, really, really good job. They did a good job of that. Um, okay, so there you go. QAY. Uh, <laughs> QAY. Q and A um, for uh, for this episode. Um, thank you to whoever sent sent that one in. Uh, again, if you want to ask us a question, questions at thebroncast.com. The next thing we want to add is do this almost every episode if we can is a parts counter and you know what's your favorite part? Yeah. What's my favorite part? And we're always going to have different parts. There's so many parts. We love to buy parts. So um, it's every we, Bronco we each pick a part. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, you have a part? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so talking about parts, uh, this one kind of goes along with our question about um, uh, the half cab. But sitting right behind us, uh, introducing to my YouTube channel is my Dennis Carpenter Bronco body. So if you don't know, uh, part of what I'm doing um, on my YouTube channel is I'm building a 74 from the ground up, taking, uh, you know, keeping track of every dollar spent, every hour spent. And um, in the end, I'm going to try to sell it, turn a profit um, and, uh, and see how that goes. So when I bought my Bronco, I was like, hey, uh, it was literally out in a field and there was kudzu growing through, you know, through it and it was just rusted out. So I took the, um, the glove box door and I think I took the doors and the hard top and the hood and I sold all those. Um, and then I went and bought this from Dennis Carpenter and it is incredible. Yeah, I mean, but what did you do with that body? I left it there in the field. <laughs> in the field, it's under kudzu now. Yeah, so I mean you can't even you can't even see it. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I'm super excited to uh, put this in. Donnie and I went and picked it up from Dennis Carpenter, um, and uh, yeah, I mean this this thing is just beautiful. We put the fenders on it and the grill on it just so that it can in the hood so it can kind of sit here. But man, I mean the the quality, the craftsmanship. You know, it. I'm. I'm really looking forward to to getting this thing done and and uh obviously my frame and axles and all that's not under it but soon one day one day it will be. So yeah. So that's my kind of, you know, my parts corner and a lot of people always ask like, "Hey, what's the what's the difference? Like, should I just, you know, rebuild my body or should I buy a new one?" I am actually on the the side of buy a new one because there's just so much junk um, that is, you know, if, if you have rust issues, they are 
throughout, you know, yeah. and the, the only way to really get them all is get a new tub. But Yeah, and unfortunately, they, they tend to rust at the seams, so that's where the two parts come together. So if you take one part off, it's like, what are you going to weld to? Um, yeah, so, you know, I'm always a proponent of a new body. And that's what you build. I've repaired <laughs> the rusty ones, and, you know, so my part actually, believe it or not, are the would be also Dennis Carpenter, but all yeah. of their repair panels... You know, I'll be honest, we order parts from all the all the other manufacturers and suppliers out there when we build our trucks and use sometimes there's availability issues. But to be honest, but we get the carpenter parts and we don't have to modify them. They fit the rear tubs and um, the fuel filler net covers, they they match perfectly. Like we don't have to do any work to those. It saves us hours and you know, the finished product's so much better. But, uh, you know, we, we do, you know, buy and sell the carpenter tubs also. Anyone can order a tub from them. And uh, we just find that they're the best quality. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it really is. I have gotten a lot of parts from other places. Uh, and I... And uh, yeah, and they haven't been that great. And we got to tour around yeah, the carpenter cool. facility. And it was pretty darn amazing to... Uh, to see um, to see what they do and how they do it and the level of detail that they take in all of their parts. So, um, yeah, definitely. They're not even a sponsor of this podcast, yeah. <laughs> but we both picked it. Um, and uh, But I think it's, it's because of how good their parts are that we're talking about it right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, our final piece of this podcast uh, that we will be talking about each week is a little Ford Bronco history to people who love the Bronco. You know, if you're listening to this, you probably own a Bronco. You've owned a Bronco at some point uh, or you want to own a Bronco. So talking about the history of the Bronco is just a fitting thing um, for this podcast. So um, uh, we're going to talk about the history of the Ford Bronco. Yeah, so Ford wasn't really new to producing a small 4x4. You know, a lot of people may not know this, but during World War I, um, the military needed this utility vehicle, which everyone knows as the Willys Jeep, and uh, they sent out bids to 130-some United States automobile manufacturers. You know, there were 300 at some point before that, but um, wow. we think there's only four now, but, you know, <laughs> um, so... Uh, they, uh, I think Willie's won the contract is how it worked out. Okay. And uh, they found out that was in like July of 41. And by October, they already realized that needing 145 of these vehicles per um, regiment was just not going to be enough. So um, the Ford stepped up. And a lot of people don't know this, but not only did Ford make 280,000 of the 600 and some thousand World War II Jeeps, that weren't labeled Ford. They looked yeah. just like a Jeep. Um, they had built 8,800 bombers, B-24 wow. bombers. So they were busy at the plants, not, wow. ma- not making cars because you can't buy like a 42 or 43, 45 Ford. So, yeah. um, but you could, you know, um, they were busy building bombers and Jeeps. So Ford had history in, quote unquote, the Jeep before the Bronco even came out. Yeah, and what's really funny is the, <laughs> the the Willys was called a BM model, and the uh, Ford was called a GPW. It was general purpose oh. Willys uh, licensed design. So, and then GP became Jeep. Jeep so yeah. Ford named the Jeep. I think that's really funny. That is funny. Yeah, and uh, yeah, man, that that's such an interesting 
you know, tidbit of history. And I wasn't it that you may not even know this, but Ford had bolts with their the Ford name on it that they would put on the the Jeep because they couldn't put their name on the grill or something like that. And yeah, yeah, um, a lot of the flatheads have Ford and little ovals oh, nice. in the bolts. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was so what, that was. what they did was they had made uh, two hundred, almost two hundred seventy-eight thousand of the Jeeps that were in the war, and there was a market for those. After the war, uh, people came back and they went back to their ranches or, you know, went to work, um, you know, with the fire department or forestry departments, whatever construction, and they're like, I really wish I had a Jeep, and yeah. so Jeep continued uh, to produce vehicles and uh willies yeah and then did it become do you know when it became no i know the scout entered the utility market in 61 okay and um the whole market in in at the time was about twenty thousand vehicles a year and it grew to about forty thousand vehicles by 1964 wow and ford's looking at this market and saying hey we're going to enter this market it's growing um so i think at its at its peak right before Ford started, it was around 20,000. When Ford got in their first year, they doubled the size of that market with the Bronco. But what's funny is they were like, what do we call this thing? You know? Um, And they did all this testing. They had testing in Arizona. And um, I think one of the main guys at Ford that was responsible for the whole four-wheel drive project, whatever they were going to call it, was Paul Axelrad. And he actually Mm -hmm. went on one of the, uh, the, um, testing trips that they had and he he was in a scout at the time and rolled it wow. and uh um got knocked out <laughs> like another guy uh broke his collarbone and Jeez. yeah so they were literally out there testing it can you imagine an executive out there <laughs> you know testing the product making yeah. sure it's going to be good so it never happened today <laughs> yeah which i mean and all of this is man there is just so much so much history that we're going to be talking about. And and I forgot to mention this right at the beginning, but there's a fantastic podcast that we can't not talk about, uh, yeah. which is bring back Bronco. Um, and uh, man, what a fantastic podcast. And really um, the, the, that podcast really takes a journalistic approach to how the Bronco started um, you know, how it got going and how it got to generation six. Um, and so we, Donnie and I will not do that justice. Like that, right, that's right. not what we're trying to do. Um, so if you haven't yet listened to that podcast, definitely go listen to that. Yeah. It's, um, there's eight episodes yeah. and they take you from the very beginning all the way to the release of the brand new Bronco as it comes out yeah. and how many times the Bronco got, uh, shelved, you know, and almost completely discontinued and then brought back. And it's just a terrific story. I think I've listened to it like at least three or four times. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a great, like you're in your car for a couple hours, turn it on and, and, uh, it's a great podcast. They do great An- with it. Another terrific resource is, is this book. And I think you've actually met Todd Zercher, haven't yeah. you? Oh yeah. yeah. And yep. he, he's written a book, the history of the Ford uh, legendary Ford Bronco. And, uh, it is a terrific book too. So, um, and, and this book by Todd is definitely like a, uh, coffee table piece. It's not just like, Oh yeah. Like here's some cool history. I mean, he has 
schematics in there and diagrams in there and like the attention to detail that Todd put into this book. It really is something that you could be proud of putting it on your, your uh, coffee table, um, you know, in the house. Um, and this is available on Amazon. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes or wherever we, um, wherever you're watching this, uh, where you could pick one of these up. It's, it's, I mean, it's expensive, but it's, it's worth it. Like if you just thumb through the pages, you're like, wow, like this is a great, a great book to sit down and, and uh, flip through. Um, but sorry, I interrupted you. Where no, were we? Yeah, that's great. No, I think the book's terrific. You can find your year in there and what the changes were, Yeah, um, yeah. which is awesome. So two of our favorite things is that podcast and, yeah. and Todd's book. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there is so much more that we can be talking about with the Ford Bronco, and we are going to get into it. You know, we're going to be talking through – um, all the different years and all the different um, changes that they made to the Bronco. And, and it's going to be exciting, but obviously we're not going to put it all into the first first podcast. We've gone uh, long enough with this podcast. Uh, so, man, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, thank you for sticking around. And please shoot us, shoot us an email at questions at thebroncast.com. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what you want us to uh, to talk about and um, any questions that you have. So, Donnie, thank you so much for letting us use your shop. Oh, yeah, this is terrific. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so much to talk about the Bronco and the history and you know, how they came up with the name, the marketing department getting involved. Yeah. And then, you know, we're, we can look at the truck by every two years or something like that. So we're going to spread this out over multiple episodes, yep. but we'll always have some Bronco history for you or Ford history that should be really interesting. And we'll definitely get into Gen 6 stuff. Like this isn't just generation one. We will, we'll throw the, the Gen 6 guys some love and, uh, talk about some Gen 6, maybe not Gen 6 history as much because there's not a whole lot of history yet. Yeah. Gen uh, 6 will probably fall more under events and news for a while until there's, yeah, we get a couple years under our belt. Well, thank you guys so much, and we'll see you on the next Broncast. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Broncast. I'm the technical producer, Josh Toller, and the music you've heard today is brought to you by Adam Nitty. I'd like to thank our hosts, John Melton and Donnie Whiteman. The sponsors for this episode are Tom's Off-Road and ARP, Automotive Racing Products. Head over to our website, thebroncast.com, where you can find full episode notes, resources for this show, sponsor product links, and a log of all the podcast episodes and YouTube videos. Thank you again for listening, and we will see you next time on The Broncast.